As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London, may I welcome you very warmly to these online services during this season of Advent, the time when we prepare ourselves once more to celebrate the coming of Christ into our world at Christmas. Do please send us a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you, and if you'd like to make a donation to help support these online services, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. Now may the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the fourth and final Sunday of Advent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin by lighting the fourth of our Advent candles. Let us pray. 
we light these Advent candles to remind us of those who prepared for the coming of Christ, the patriarchs, the prophets, John the Baptist and the Virgin Mary. As we remember them, Lord God, help us to prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and to open our hearts to receive him. God our Father, the angel Gabriel told the Virgin Mary that she was to be the mother of your son, and though fearful, she responded with joy. Help us to heed your call to bring love and healing unto the lives of others. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Blessed be God forever. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Therefore, in the light of Christ, let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, our Redeemer, who prepared the Blessed Virgin Mary to be the mother of your Son, grant that as she looked for his coming as our Saviour, so we may be ready to greet him when he comes again as our Judge, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a young woman shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and designated son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the Gospel of the Lord. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Just before I begin this sermon, uh, my apologies for the noises off. We're in the middle of a building site here in Fleet Street at the moment, and there is drilling that is going on unabated, so I hope you can do your best to edit this out. One of the wonderful things about the Gospels in the New Testament is that we have four of them, because each of the Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, tells the story of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus in his own very distinctive way. Often the evangelists, the Gospel writers, recount what is recognisably the same incident, but they do so highlighting completely different features within it just as different newspapers will sometimes spin the same story very differently. But taken together, the four Gospels give us a wonderfully rounded picture of who Jesus was and why Jesus mattered, both in their own day and for us here today. So, for example, people are often very surprised to discover that only two out of the four Gospels Matthew and Luke, mention the birth of Jesus at all. And when they do, they give us completely different versions of that event. Matthew and Luke are agreed that Mary was a virgin and conceived the child Jesus, the promised Messiah, by the Holy Spirit. They also agree that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But beyond this, their two accounts are completely different, despite the fact that the venerable tradition of the primary school nativity play has done a wonderful job in trying to weave them all together, plus adding a few details 
um, that are non-biblical at all, including the starring role often played by the innkeeper's wife, who isn't mentioned anywhere. So, for example, it is Luke who tells us that the Holy, Holy Family came from Nazareth and that they were obliged to travel to Joseph's ancestral home of Bethlehem in order to be registered, and that when Mary's child was born, he was laid in a manger because there was no room at the inn. And it is in Luke that shepherds out in the fields are startled by the sudden appearance of an angel who summons them to come and see the newly born child. Now, compare that with the version that we heard a moment ago from St. Matthew, which has no mention of inns or mangers or shepherds at all. And whereas in Luke's version, it's Mary who is very much centre stage, in St. Matthew's Gospel, it is to Joseph rather than Mary that the angelic messenger comes, telling him that he should take Mary as his wife, even though she is carrying a child who is not his own. And it's also absolutely characteristic of Matthew's Gospel that this message is given to Joseph in a dream. Luke's angels have a habit of materialising suddenly and dramatically in bodily form, scaring the pants off the human beings to whom they appear. In Matthew, angelic messengers are much more civilised and tend to deliver their messages through dreams when the recipient is safely asleep. And it's also absolutely characteristic of Matthew to underline in triplicate the fact that the birth of Jesus was the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecy, because Matthew was writing very much with a Jewish readership in mind, which is why he constantly ties the events of his gospel to Old Testament quotations and prophecy. And you may have spotted that he does this in today's reading too. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. But let's stick with the character of Joseph for a bit, since he features so prominently in our Gospel reading today. I've sometimes felt that Joseph gets a bit of a raw deal in the great outworking of the purposes of God, partly because, let's face it, he is actually rather marginal to the central event of the Incarnation. After all, it's Mary who is the God-bearer. It's Mary upon whom the spotlight falls in most Christian iconography and artistic representations of the birth of Christ. Joseph's destiny was to be the husband who looks on silently as his wife gives birth to a child who is not his own. And she then fades back into the shadows again eventually vanishing without trace. I can't help feeling a bit sorry for Joseph, just as many of us may have spared a thought for the late Prince Philip, an extremely able and gifted man who must once have imagined that he had a glittering career of his own to look forward to, but who was destined to become the constitutional appendage to a wife whose role and authority was always going to overshadow his own not an easy career choice or calling, one suspects. <clears throat> but the very little that we are told about Joseph in the Gospels does reveal him to be an unusual man by the standards of his day. 
Today's reading tells us explicitly that Joseph was a just man. He was a man of goodness. He was godly. His reaction to the discovery that his betrothed was carrying a child that was not his is quite remarkable in a culture in which a woman was regarded as the property of the principal man in her life, whether that was her father or her husband. If branded as an adulteress, she would not only have brought shame on her family, she could have been stoned to death. And yet, as our reading tells us, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Far from being concerned for his own loss of face as the cuckolded husband-to-be, he is moved solely by a desire to protect her from public disgrace. And we know, too, that he did indeed bring up Jesus as his own, because the adult Jesus was known in his hometown of Nazareth as the carpenter's son. There's a beautiful little poem about the Nativity of Christ by Ron Klug called Joseph's Lullaby, in which Joseph, looking down upon the newly born child sleeping in the manger, says this. Sleep now, little one. I will watch while you and your mother sleep. I wish I could do more. This straw is not good enough for you. Back in Nazareth, I'll make a proper bed for you of seasoned wood, smooth, strong, well-pegged, a bed fit for a carpenter's son. Just wait till we get back to Nazareth. I'll teach you everything I know. You'll learn to use the cedarwood, eucalyptus and fir. You'll learn to use the draw shave, axe and saw. Your arms will grow strong, your hands rough like these. You will bear the pungent smell of new wood and wear shavings and sawdust in your hair. You'll be a man whose life centers on hammer and nails and wood. But for now, sleep, little Jesus, sleep. You'll be a man whose life centers on hammer and nails and wood. And how very true that will prove to be, although in a way that Joseph could never have imagined. Hope and tragedy woven together in that simple image with its moving foretaste of the crucifixion. In the roles that tradition, history and Almighty God have entrusted to them, Joseph and Mary have some interesting things in common. Both of them are faithful to God, and they both have their parts to play in a story that is far greater than either of them. To be chosen by God is a blessing, but it can be a mixed blessing. Joseph must raise a child who is not his own. Mary must live to see her child grow to adulthood, only to die the most terrible and tortuous of deaths. But nevertheless, they both embrace their God-given destinies, and they do so supporting each other throughout. I'd like to crave your indulgence to end with one more short poem 
which is a wonderful and heartwarming testimony to the love and steadfastness of Joseph as seen through the eyes of Mary, his wife. The poem is called O Sapientia and it's by the poet Madeleine Lengel. It was from Joseph first I learned of love. Like me, he was dismayed how easily he could have turned me from his house, but unafraid he put me not away from him. O oh, God sent angel, pray for him. Thus through his love was love obeyed. The child's first cry came like a bell, God's word aloud, God's word indeed. The angel spoke, so it befell, and Joseph with me in my need. O child whose father came from heaven, to you another gift was given, your earthly father, chosen well. With Joseph I was always warmed and cherished, even in the stable I knew I would not be harmed. And though above the angels swarmed, man's love it was that made me able to bear God's love, wild, formidable, to bear God's will through me performed. And though above the angels swarmed, man's love it was that made me able to bear God's love, wild, formidable, to bear God's will through me performed. What a wonderful image. It was the love of Joseph that enabled Mary to bear the love of God. In the same way, the tasks that God has entrusted to each and every one of us are tasks that we are called to share. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. 
We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, we join together this morning to pray for the needs of your church and the world. In the stillness, calm our minds and open our hearts to your love, that we may sense your presence with us. As we come together today on the last Sunday of our Advent journey towards Christmas, we give thanks and remember those journeys that were being taken on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago. We pray for all who, like Mary and Joseph, are making long and difficult journeys by foot, especially those fleeing from war and terror. For those trying to escape hardship, drought, famine or persecution, and for those embarking on perilous journeys across the Channel, and for those who are providing rescue services. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for your church, for Alison, our rector, for Jeff and Steve, our associate priests, and for all who are working hard to make sure that all who visit here this Christmas will find your love and peace. We pray for your Anglican Church in Korea and their primate and Bishop of Seoul, Peter Kong Ho Lee. And as we prepare to celebrate the coming of Christ child, like Joseph, may we always be open to the Holy Spirit and prepared to embrace God's will, however mysterious or surprising it may seem. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those affected by the winter weather for those who are frail or elderly, for those who are homeless or in need, for those who will struggle to keep warm. May we be generous and considerate towards them. We pray for all those who are travelling at this time of year, that they may travel in safety and security. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we look forward to the birth of the Prince of Peace, we remember that many of your people live in situations of war, conflict and oppression. We pray for peace and justice in the world and we give thanks for the untiring efforts of all those who work for reconciliation and peace among nations. We pray particularly at this time for peace in Ukraine. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray this morning for all those parents in our community who, like Mary and Joseph, are expecting the birth of a child, and for the midwives, doctors and nurses in maternity units that will care for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort all those in pain, those who are facing the challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them and all who are ill the strength and faith to face each day and by the power of the Holy Spirit grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those that have died and now joined you in heaven. We pray that, that they will all find peace with you and that you will comfort those who are left behind. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we remember in silence all those known only to you 
who need our prayers. May we, in this final week of Advent, find a renewed sense of wonder at the imminent birth of your Saviour and find room in our hearts for the Christ child to be born. Merciful Father, accept these prayers prayers for the sake sake of your Son, Son, our our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? In the tender mercy of our God, the day spring from on high shall break upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Now we give you thanks. 
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, who chose the Blessed Virgin Mary to be the mother of the promised Saviour, fill us, your servants, with your grace, that in all things we may embrace your holy will and with her rejoice in your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. 
send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Son of righteousness, shine upon you, scatter the darkness from before your path, and make you ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.